Welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American Citizen, I'm Ted Flint. It is good to be along with you. It is a Friday as I record this, and uh, there's always a lot to talk about. We'll begin, and we're not going to spend the entire program on it. We'll talk a few minutes about what is becoming probably the most prominent military conflict in Europe since the Second World War. And Russia issued, I don't know if anybody reported this, but they issued a not-so-veiled threat to Finland and Sweden this week. They warned of military consequences if they moved to join the NATO alliance. And I think this is what this Ukrainian invasion is about. The foreign ministry spokesman uh, declared last Friday that the two countries should refrain from security moves that are harmful to the security of other countries, Russia being one of those other countries. Countries now. Finland was neutral during World War II. They have they share an 830 mile border with Russia, so they're in this kind of war of words. And uh, I think Russia's proven it means business. Now, I'm not defending Russia's actions, but you know, I was watching Tucker Carlson the other night, and he made a good point. He he said, "Why are we treating Russia as the bad guy and Ukraine as the good guy? Does anybody know about this Zelensky? This guy is not exactly Walter Mondale." He's corrupt. The Ukrainian government is corrupt. And I'm not saying innocent women and children should be killed in Ukraine, but that's who suffers in every war. The innocents. Those are the people who suffered in World War II under Hitler and under Mussolini. Innocent people die. That's the first rule in war. Then you have our leaders, and I, you know, I hesitate to call them leaders, Lindsey Graham. South Carolina senator said today, or whenever it was this week, he called for the assassination of Putin. Then he tweets, is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel von Stauffenberg in the Russian military? Von Stauffenberg, of course, one of the Germans unsuccessful in his attempts to to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Why would one of our leaders, supposed leaders, call for the assassination of a world leader, Vladimir Putin? You may not like him, but he is a powerful leader, and he is somebody who is going to protect Russia. He sees Russia as under attack. Even Texas uh, Senator Ted Cruz, I say even, he was critical of Graham's remarks. He said this is, a, in a tweet, this is an exceptionally bad idea. This is uh, Cruz tweeting. Use massive economic sanctions, boycott Russian oil and gas. Of course, Biden's not doing that. He's boycotting U.S. oil and gas. Cruz also tweeted, provide military aid so the Ukrainians can defend themselves. But we should not be calling for the assassination of heads of state. Marjorie Taylor Greene, whom I love, by the way, she nailed it. She tweeted, while we are all praying for peace and for the people of Ukraine, this is irresponsible, dangerous, and unhinged. Now, the media calls her unhinged. Of course, they would. We need leaders with calm minds and steady wisdom. We need leaders with godly wisdom. Not bloodthirsty, warmongering politicians trying to tweet tough by demanding assassinations. American don't, Americans don't want war. And I agree totally. I don't think most Americans want a war with Russia. I was driving into work this morning, and I heard these, uh, these clowns on the NPR affiliate. So they have an excuse. I mean, they're not, they're not bright people. They think they're bright, but they're, they're ri- ridiculous. Some of the comments I was hearing from these supposedly intelligent people. And they're local. One woman, she went on for four or five minutes. Nobody interrupted her. She was saying, I think Putin wants a war with the United States. Now, what would Putin have to gain by a war with America? He'd be decimated. 
He'd be decimated. It wouldn't do us good either. But he doesn't want war with America. Some of the comments I'm hearing are just absolutely ridiculous. Now, I'll give you, speaking of ridiculous, here's a woman who's the vice president of the United States. Now, presumably, she has a brain. Presumably. She's a former prosecutor. She's got a law degree. She was on some, you know, idiotic morning show. Uh, and she was asked to, uh, I'll, let the, I'll let the DJ, uh, it speaks for itself. Either Harris is one of the dumbest vice presidents who've ever held the office, or she's, she knows her audience and she's talking down to them. Either way, it didn't sound good. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in social. the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong mm -hmm. and it goes against everything that we stand for that was uh that was brilliant wasn't it break it down in layman's terms he says <laughs> she broke it down all right a, a four-year-old could do better this is the vice president of the united states ukraine is a country in europe ukraine is a small country now, this is this is why we're in the position we're in i mean with the, the economy the way it is with, with gas prices inflation all of it it sounded as though she was trying to explain it to a four-year-old, and probably she did. Some of her audience is probably at that level. But th these people have no knowledge of foreign policy. And here they, she's sitting in the second most powerful office in the world. It's, it's, it's remarkable. The uh, prime minister of Hungary, his name is Viktor Orban. He's been recognized in many quarters as a renegade. And he's not gonna to submit to a globalist agenda or mandates from the established power structure. This guy, and it kind of ties into what's happening in Russia. He began his career objecting to Russian troops in Hungary. 1956, Russia or the Soviet Union invaded Hungary. And then a short time later, he moved his nation towards a free market economy, led its entry into NATO, urged the adoption of a constitution outlining conservative moral themes and defended national sovereignty. And he's not gonna to submit to any globalist agenda. And I think part of this war in the Ukraine is about globalism. The US ambassador to the UN this week said that Putin is violating or he's, uh, he is uh, ignoring NATO, or excuse me, ignoring the United Nations. How dare Putin ignore the United Nations? Putin's going to do what's right for Russia, what he thinks is right for Russia. He is a nationalist. He, he, he puts Russia first. In much the same way Trump puts America first. Anyway, uh, but this back to this Hungarian prime minister. I guess he put up a fence, erected a fence on his nation's border to disrupt the flow of illegal aliens invading his country from the Middle East and Africa. Of course, they hate him in, in, some, in some quarters in Hungary. And while I'm looking at a piece here from WorldNet Daily, while fighting COVID, his nation enacted legislation that banned school content deemed to promote homosexuality and gender change. Now he's warning that the COVID-19 pandemic was just a prelude to a serious stress test that will be coming from the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. Now, I've written a piece. It's not yet up on the BMG network. It will be on Monday. And it talks about this uh, globalist agenda, the, the Great Reset, as they're calling it. 
the, the globalists are calling it. And this has been around, this whole idea of a Great Reset has been around since 1971 when the World Economic Forum came into being. And the piece, I'm about two-thirds of the way through it, uh, this, this, uh, <laughs> this program isn't going anywhere where I thought it was going to go. But let me finish up here on the Hungarian Prime Minister's comments. They were captured and translated by the Rare Foundation. The name represents Rise, Align, Ignite, Reclaim. And he cites the UN Agenda 2030 campaign and charged it's nothing less than global government tyranny that enslaves all humanity. That's their goal. Whether that happens or not is another matter. And I, I agree totally with what he's trying to do here. There's so much information that's been said and written about, about this Great Reset. And a lot of people on the right, I think correctly, are fearing that this COVID-19 pandemic was going to usher in some kind of great reset. And I have a report here, and I'm, I'll tease you about the column, which comes out, I think, Monday. The uh, I mentioned the World Economic Forum collaborated with Johns Hopkins and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on this pandemic exercise, the Event 201, it was called. And it simulated an international response to the outbreak of a novel coronavirus. This was two months before the COVID outbreak in China became news and five months before the World Health Organization declared a pandemic. They knew what was coming. There are these economic, political, and cultural elites, and they meet every year in Switzerland. And this is what they're scheming. But we'll talk more about it maybe uh, next week. One final thing. I mentioned gun control and this, uh, this global push. State lawmakers, and we don't have to look to the globe, we can look just at our own government here in Albany, which I, I work for the New York State Assembly, and I, I, I listen to some of these debates on the gun bills. I listened to one this week, and I can't go into it. I don't, I don't have the time. But two Democrats, two Democratic lawmakers, are calling for an excise tax on ammunition production in New York. They say it's going to generate funding for gun violence research. You don't need to research why people use guns. So this measure is backed by State Senator Andrew uh, Gunardas and Assemblywoman Pat Fahey, she's from the Albany area, it would tax ammunition production between two and five cents. So they want this bill to bolster funding for the state's newly created research fund for studying gun violence. It's all part of the State Department of Health and the State University of New York, where, where my daughter attends. Marxists of a feather, all about gun control. They're worried about the rise in gun violence. I'm not going to read you the quote because it's idiotic. You know why the violence is on the increase? Because of no cash bail. We're letting criminals back out into the streets. We're trying to defund the police and raise the age and all this other nonsense. We don't need money to research gun violence. Jeremiah nailed it hundreds and thousands of years ago. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's not the gun. It's the person holding the gun. That's the problem. It's not the firearm. They're focusing on the firearm. It's obvious what they're trying to do here. They're, they're talking about trying to interrupt uh, cycles of violence. You know something? Start restoring a judicial discretion to some of these uh, cases where you, you, you're doing away with uh, no cash bail and taking away a judge's decision to decide whether a criminal is a threat to the public before releasing them back out onto the streets. Do I mean, these reforms that the uh, Democrats pushed through a couple of years ago is directly related to the increase in violence. Criminals aren't stupid. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not uh, road scholars, but they know that in New York State, there's a there's this movement afoot to, to be easy, go, go easy on criminals. They care more about the rights 
of the perpetrators than they do the rights of the victims. It's it's everything's upside down. That's about going to do it to it. Please, if you like this program, even if you don't like it, rate it. Just give us a review. You can uh, click uh, like or subscribe. Do both and rate the program and let us know what you're thinking. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's a, hopefully it's a BMG network, we have so much fine programming up there for you. Uh, Spotify, uh, uh, iHeart, Apple iTunes, wherever you listen, that's where we are. So tell your friends about it. If you can like us on Facebook and share the program. And thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.